How's it going, guys? This is Brian from the Pick and Pop Podcast. And this is Aldrin with in the Pick and Pop Podcast. And today's episode is called Malice in the Palace. We'll be going over the Malice in the Palace documentary on Netflix. Uh, a lot of you guys, I know you remember the Malice in the Palace back on November 19, 2004. That was a crazy incident. Yeah, one of the craziest incidents in history of the sport. Yeah, players jumping in the stand, fighting against the fans, literally thousands of fans against. No police, no, no police, security guards. Security, thousands of fans against a, a team uh, just defending themselves. So we're going to start off reviewing the documentary. So it starts off giving a little introduction to Jermaine O'Neal. We talk about his background and him coming into the league. Drafted by Portland from uh, Oak Hill Academy. Oh, um, it's Eau Claire, um, South from South Carolina. His high school. Coming in from high school, you know, used to being the man in high school. Yeah. Uh, coming to the Portland Trailblazers at the seventeenth pick. At the seventeenth pick in a classic stack draft in '96. Yep. Drafted the same year as Kobe, AI, Stefan Marbury, Pedro Stojakovic, Steve Nash, uh, Elgowskis was in that draft. Uh, you know, it was one of the greatest drafts of all time. Yeah, arguably. Um, I still think to this day it's the best for me. Yeah, same here, easily. Um, some people will say the 2003 LeBron one. Um, I just think it's just three or four guys that were really good in that draft, the 2003. The 03, he had, um, you know, Melo, LeBron, Wade, Bosch. Bosch. <laughs> After that, I can't really think of anybody that was, like, transcending to me. Not really. No, it was just those. Whereas, 96, you got an abundant. I forgot to mention Antoine Walker got drafted that year. Too. Yeah, and he, we Ray know Allen. how good he was. Yeah, Ray was yeah. good. Ray Allen. Leading yeah, the Bucks. That was a stacked draft. But, yeah, he got drafted to Portland. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, he had to play behind Rasheed Wallace, who was, you know, a Hall of Fame stretch, yeah. uh, stretch four. You know, he complained about, you know, just not getting the time to kind of just develop and, you know, show off his skill set. You know, he talked about in the documentary crying on the bench, uh, you know, just not getting that playing time. And you know, a lot of times, it's, you know, where you get drafted. Um, it matters. Yeah, it matters. It can determine how your career turns out. Um, just having a proper development staff and just getting the time to play because, you know, as a rookie, you need to time to make mistakes, time to grow. And uh, he just didn't get that in Portland. Yeah, um, Portland was too stacked. Like I said, I think they took him because it was kind of like best availability, and they were like, he's the best available at the time. Um, I mean, we can go back, I guess, one day and check to see who could have they really who they could have really drafted, but um, I think they took Jo based on availability. Yeah, and then like it's just crazy to to think like they had a gem on their bench. You know, and who knows? Maybe they, they should have had Jermaine at center and then, you know, Rashid at the four. And they would have had a nice little lineup. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, you know, a lot of times it's just with the opportunity. You didn't just get the opportunity. Um, but, you know, next part, you know, we talk about the legendary Reggie Miller, who's, you know, when you think Indiana Pacers, you think of Reggie. Reggie. <laughs> you know what Reggie was doing even during playing around the Jordan era. One of the greatest shooters of all time. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had the mid-range, he had a three-point. He had that crazy, um, you know, 
end of the game against the Knicks where he's dropped for like eight points in a matter of seconds. Yeah, he just kept going back, hitting those threes. Um, he broke our heart that day. Yeah, man. I mean, that guy is, he was an assassin. You know, uh, definitely a rival of, of uh, the Knicks. Yeah. Uh, the rival of um, Spike Lee. Spike Lee. <laughs> He gave Spike Lee a lot of problems. Um, I'll never forget that picture where he's choking himself. <laughs> Basically, yeah, Looking at Spike. He he had some crazy game winners on the Bulls. A lot of teams got, yeah. you know, their heart broken by Reggie. And he made it to the finals uh, in 2000. Yeah. The Lakers, Shaq Can't forget Kobe. that. Um, yeah. You know, and he just ran into Shaq, who was the most dominant player in the game at that point. I mean, that three-year stretch where they won – back-to-back-to-back titles. Yeah. Look at Shaq's stats. They were abnormal. You know, there's no way you were stopping (laughs) that guy. There's no shame losing to that team. Yeah, you got to lose with your head held high. (laughs) You know, like, so that that was a tough, that was tough. And, you know, after that point, the Pacers realized that they needed to get younger. Yeah. Um, You know, they traded for Jermaine O'Neal. He was allowed to get some playing time and really develop. Uh, for a few years in Indiana, playing alongside Reggie Miller. And then um, I think, I believe either that first or second year, he got most improved player of the year. And uh, Reggie kind of gave him the keys to the team because Reggie was getting older and, you know, he kind of became more of a spot-up shooter. Um, I know Reggie's always been a shooter, but he Reggie used to do a little bit of everything, even play defense back in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, I mean, that team, you know, they went through a real, little rebuilding phase after going to the finals. Um, it took a few years for them to get back um, in the spotlight. But then, you know, Jermaine started to progress and get better, um, became a two-way player. Yeah. And you talk about Jermaine's game. I mean, he could, you know, he had a post game. He had a mid-range. He could stretch the floor. He can take you to the rack. Could Two dribble. Oh my down, goodness! Uh, you know, rim defender, uh, rim protector. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, he had locked down the paint on the interior. They needed a guy that can do that on the perimeter, and that was when they got Ron Artest from Chicago. Uh, you know, Ron is. You know, a lot of people know him. You know, he's a wild wild card. He was our era's um, Dennis Rodman. Easily, he, he was a, you know, one on point and. Head focus. I mean, he was just an amazing player, like a two-way player as well. Locked down your best perimeter player, uh, give you about twenty points a game. Yeah, easy. Easy. Uh, you know, he was a physical player, uh, somewhat dirty player. Yeah, at times he would he would do unnecessary plays. Uh, and, you know, he yeah, he dealt uh, you know with some mental health issues. Uh, you know, during the documentary, he spoke about having a therapist. Yeah. Um, you know, just kind of just go over you know, anything that was bothering him and, you know, just trying to get his head right. And um, it's crazy because in 2004, when um, all these, like, problems were arising with Ron, nobody really realized it was mental health. Yeah, I mean, back then, you know, that wasn't really a thing, um, just speaking up about, you know, any mental issues or seeing therapists and things. I think in today's time, it's more acceptable yeah. to be out in the open with that and, you know, talk about, you know, needing help. But back then, it, it was, you know, you looked at it as being crazy. I remember people were like, he's looking for attention. He's doing too much. He's doing this. He's doing that. But Ron was really going through some stuff, and nobody knew. 
people knew, but they just it was like I said, it wasn't popular yeah, to talk we about. Yeah, aware of you know mental health issues. You know, I think this generation is just more aware and um, you know accepting. Con- yeah, accepting towards that and just being able to get help. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, he was he got drafted by Chicago. Um, they had some talented young pieces from Elton Brand, Ron Artest, uh, Lamar. Was it Lamar? No, no, he was the Clippers. Um, they had a Griff, that guy named Griffin. Um, I forgot what he was. I think he was like a three. Was it? Yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. His um, last name was Griffin. <laughs> yeah, they had some talented young pieces, but um, you know, they just didn't have the pieces around them to be a, a town, uh, championship contender or even a playoff contender. Um, so you know, Ron just being a competitive guy just wasn't really feeling that situation and. Spoke about in the documentary how he got tra- uh, traded, and they told him not to get off the team bus. He <laughs> left anyways, and they told him not to get on the court and practice. And he practiced for about an hour uh, before finally just leaving. Uh, and he got drafted to the Indiana Pacers, where he traded. You know, got better. Um, he gave him another dynamic, where you know, like we spoke about earlier, Jermaine O'Neal really took over and locked down the paint as a two-way player where you had the best perimeter defender in the league and the best um, rim defender in the league. Yeah. Um, Give them another dynamic. And they were a really talented team. Uh, Reggie was, um, you know, aging. Uh, but like, you know, Aldrin was saying, he became a spot-up shooter. Yeah. Uh, just became he was a aging gracefully. He was aging gracefully. He became a role player. Uh, Jermaine took over as the number one option. Ron was the second option. And you had Reggie as the third option. Um, and, you know, in 2003, they were really good. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals yeah. and lost in six games to the eventual champions in Detroit, uh, which started a rivalry between the two teams. Oh, yeah. Top five defensive teams. Um, they were I – I think the Pistons were number one. And I don't know where the Pacers were, but I know they were top five at the time, definitely. They were, yeah, two of the top defensive teams in the league. Uh, you know, that was a really a great chance for them to win a championship. Um, yeah. Detroit Pistons actually went moved on and beat the stacked super team Lakers uh, that year. You know, I believe it was 04, where they, had, they went up against Carl uh, Malone, Shaq, Kobe, and Gary Payton. Yeah, they beat those guys. Beat those guys. You can argue if Indiana had, you know, won that series against Detroit, they would have won that championship and, you know, gave Reggie his first ring. I personally think they would have won that year. Um, They were just so good defensively, and I'm not saying they would have dominated Shaq. Shaq probably still would have had his numbers, but I don't think Kobe was ready yet. That team was – that Lakers team was a little off because if you looked at that year, for a team that had Shaq, Kobe, and, you know, Carmelo and Gary Payton – you know, finishing games in the 70s and 80s, it's, something's off Yeah, about the fit. I don't think that team fit very well. No, I don't either. Like, I don't. I think Carl was out of his element, and so was Gary Payton. Right. You I, see it. And with the triangle, I just didn't think it was a good fit for those guys. No. Uh, it was the wrong system because there's no excuse with those four guys to, you know, having games, you know, that year when they played the Spurs where they, you know, beat the team 74 and, like, you know, yeah. 72, like that. that Those numbers were crazy. That shouldn't <laughs> happen, like Shaq, Kobe, and Carmelo, and Gary Payton. So something was off about that team. They were very fortunate to even make it to the finals that year. Um, yeah. Tough series against the the uh, 
Spurs, if not for a crazy shot by Derek Fisher with, what was it, 0.4 seconds left? In the yeah, game. he hit that crazy shot. Yeah, they um, might not have made it to the finals. They, yeah, that's true. A lot of people say that that if he didn't hit that shot, they probably wouldn't have made it to the finals. Nope, and they beat um, the Timberwolves with KG, Sprewell, Sam Cassell. But it just wasn't they something was off about that team. So I think the Pacers, I agree, they could have won it that won it all that year. Um, you know, and they moved on in the summer. They traded for Steven Jackson to just try to get another piece to make them better. Uh Steven Jackson was a he's a dog, you know, he's a dog. Yeah. Uh gave them another great perimeter defender. Another tough guy, three and D. Three and D wing. Know, he could defend the best perimeter play on the other opposing team. Uh, you know, give Ron a little bit of help because you know, obviously Ron has a lot of uh, responsibility on the offensive end and defensive end for that team. So yeah, give him another element. Um, they were off to a hot start. They were, I believe, nine and two that season. If I'm not mistaken. They, I remember they were like the best team in the league at one point, and then. Obviously, with the we're gonna talk about it, but things started changing up. Right, and you know where it got the season went awry was November fourth, uh, November nineteenth, two thousand four. Pacers, Indiana had a great, uh, you know, big game for that season. Uh, the playoff, the atmosphere was playoff. Playoff atmosphere. Playoff, playoff atmosphere. <laughs> Definitely, I remember watching that as a fourteen year old. <laughs> yeah, I, was, you know, I watched that game live. Too, just remember, just you know, there was a lot of hype around the game. Um, Indiana was ready for that game. Detroit was ready for that game. Oh yeah, they were rivals at yeah. that point. Um, a lot of people didn't know uh, Ben Wallace's brother had actually passed away, uh, you know, recently. So you know, a lot of it was on his mind during that game. He was on edge. Yeah. Um, you know, the competitive nature of just being in a big game. Everyone was on edge. Um, game starts off. Detroit was off to a good start, but, um, you know, Pacers came back. Uh, they actually dominated that game. Uh, they were up at 15 at one point Yeah. throughout the game. I remember Steven Jackson had a great game. Steven Jackson had a great game. Hit some big shots. Yeah. Driving uh, to the lane a lot. You know, the Pacers, their defense was on point in that game. You know, uh, Reggie Miller was injured and, he, you know, he's he was in a suit in that game. He didn't get to play, but, you know, they didn't need him for that game. Um, you know, Jermaine, Ron, and Steven Jackson went off. Uh, you know, and unfortunately in the fourth quarter, which boggles me that all those guys were still in the game from Jamal Tinsley to Ron to Steven Jackson and Jermaine, all those guys. I mean, like, the game was out of hand already. They dominated. They should have been on the bench, and that's when the scrubs should be, you know, no offense, <laughs> but the guys on the bench, the 12th men, and all those, those guys <laughs> should be in the game, not the stars. Exactly. Just even for injury purposes, you know, why have them be hurt and meaningless game at that point? There's a lot of blame to go around with that coaching. Coaching should have said, you know what, let's take these guys out. Right, and, you know, both teams had a history. Um, you know, like we mentioned the year prior, the Pacers lost in six games to Detroit, and, um, you know, Ben had – Followed Ron pretty hard in that series, um, and you know Ron never forgot that. So during the blowout, November nineteenth, two thousand four, 
uh, Jamal Tinsley had reminded Ron, you know, you can get your file back. Uh, and Steven Jackson, who uh, attempted to mediate the situation, you know, put it, took it upon himself to guard Ben. And, you know, he just his mindset was, you know, I'm not going to play defense. Let him get the bucket. It's meaningless. It doesn't matter. We're going to win the game. And, you know, the next thing, Ron fouls him. He fouls Ben Wallace. He does not want him to get that extra bucket. And Ben Wallace, just after losing his brother and just the emotion of getting blown out and getting embarrassed at home, uh, he, you know, he shoved Ron. And, you know, there was a little dust up, but, you know, NBA players, they're not really trying to fight. You know, they're not trying <laughs> yeah, to get fined. Or they're friends they, at the know, end of the day. They're friends, so, you know, it, it, uh, you know, it was a little dust up, but nothing much. And Ron just trying to, uh, you know, take a breather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, lays on the scoreboard and just, you know, trying to just take a deep breath. Count know, to five because yeah. that's what his therapist told him to do. Yeah, I remember that. Count to five. <laughs> a fan, you know, Ben Wallace actually starts throwing uh, his headband, wristbands. Wristbands. At Ron. Uh, and a fan throws a, a, you know, a glass of beer, a bottle, a cup of beer. Cup of beer, at yeah. At Ron. And that's what sets everything off. And Ron punches pretty much the wrong person. <laughs> yeah, he goes up to the stands to defend himself. Yeah. I understand. Hits the wrong person. And Steven Jackson, just being a loyal guy, uh, sees his teammate in trouble, jumps in the stands too. So they're just going at it. And, you know, they got, they're punching fans. Fans are punching them. Uh, it's just insane. Pandemonium erupts. Uh, I think Jermaine uh, gets into it with a guy on the floor. Yeah, uh, he runs up and tries <clears throat> to punch him, and you know, slides and. Because that was the guy that got on. Um, as much as Jermaine couldn't stand Ron, he still was loyal to him. That was the guy that was mocking Ron. Remember yeah. the guy? He had a Detroit Pistons jersey. He comes down, and he says in the documentary that Jermaine O'Neal punching him was a bitch move. So we see that, like, Jermaine. He he thought he he thought Ron was the weirdest dude and he couldn't stand him, but he still had his team's back, his teammates back. As they should, you know, it's a brotherhood. It's a brotherhood, teammate. yeah. Um, you know, so when when your brother's in trouble, you go help him out. Uh, you know, it's a fortunate situation. So they, yeah, like I said, Jermaine runs over, tries to punch the guy in the court, and he, luckily for Jermaine, he slips. And doesn't really connect because had he connected, it would have been a whole lot worse. It would have been worse. Jermaine could have that could have blackballed him from the league. Yeah, so he lucked out. Uh, a nine one one call is made to get security and get the police in the stadium. Um, you know, you have thousands of fans against what twelve to fifteen players on the Pacers, plus staff. Plus <laughs> staff, you know. <laughs> so that happens. Um, police are on the court. Uh, they are on the brink of uh, uh, pepper spraying Ron Artest and, you know, Reggie Miller just has to kind of just mediate the situation and let him know, like, you know, what are you doing? Like, you're not going to spray or uh, pepper spray Ron Artest. We're trying to leave the court. I thought that was a good gesture. Yeah. Had they done that, I think it would have been a lot worse. Yeah, I mean, there was no need to pepper spray Ron. Because to be honest, it wasn't his fault. It was the fan that threw the cup of beer in his face. Exactly. That set everything off. It was like a lot of misunderstandings. 
going on that day. Keep in mind to our viewers, this happened in 2004 on TV. Like, I, we were kids watching this on live TV. <laughs> I cannot stress that. <laughs> and, you know, back then, they those guys caught a lot of flack for that. You know, they were called thugs. and Yeah, the newspaper article said thugs. Um, they were even questioning their music that they listened to. Yeah, calling them, you know, this hip-hop generation and calling them wannabe gangsters and a and bunch of things stuff, just you know race related because you know and quite honestly in hockey which Jermaine brought up the they allow the players to fight each other and no one calls them thugs or hooligans or anything like that but and what happens in hockey you fight you go to a penalty box for a couple minutes and then you come back and you're back in the game no you know fines no suspensions no that but you know in a, in a black in a league that's predominantly black you know you get called a thug for defending yourself meanwhile they had fans throwing beer and throwing chairs at them and popcorn it's funny because i remember when we were younger at the time we thought it was racist yeah I mean, it definitely was racist. like it was clear cut racism because had that been you know some players of other descent you know of other skin color they probably wouldn't have Trans- had that heavy yeah. suspension yeah, and you look at the suspensions that they handed out. I mean, Ron Artest uh, was suspended for 73 games, missed out on $5.2 million in lost salary. Steven Jackson, 30 games and missed out on $1.8 million. Uh, Ron Artest was, I mean, uh, Jermaine O'Neal was originally given a 25-game suspension and was slated to u- lose $4.5 million in revenue, but it was at later reduced to 15 games and he only lost $2.7 million. Which is a lot of money. Uh, ben Wallace was suspended six games and missed out on 400k. Uh, then you had Reggie Miller who was fined 60 million, 60 thousand. Uh, the Pistons, Eldon Campbell, Chauncey Billups, and Derek Coleman were all suspended for one game for leaving the bench. Ron Artest, Jermaine O'Neal, and Stephen Jackson also um, received legal action. They we're all charged with misdemeanor assault and battery. Uh, they all were sentenced to one year probation and fined uh, two hundred fifty dollars wow. after pleading no uh, no contest to the assault charges. That's a lot of money. There was a lot of you know racial tone to what people were saying um, with the suspensions. Um, you know those guys are essentially defending themselves. You know against the fans and you know you get these hefty fines and you know David Stern who. I, I didn't like the move. Uh, it had a lot of racial in, uh, undertone. Yeah, David Stern really made me shake my head that day. You know, I didn't understand why they weren't given a fair shot. They weren't allowed to speak their piece. And, no, you know, they weren't. Discuss why they did what they did. Um, you know, the the NBA players have a union, um, but the union wasn't involved. They weren't asked anything. The players weren't allowed to speak up. And it was just really um, David Stern just flexing his power and just, you know, rolling He ruled with an iron fist, which I, I didn't really like. I feel like this incident was underrated. It wasn't... It, I mean, we're watching the documentary now, but this thing happened in 2004. Yeah, it had a lot of ramifications. It changed the league. Like It did change the league. They had the dress code after that. Yeah. Uh, the rules got a lot softer. Um 
you know, the league is way more offensive friendly. You know, we spoke earlier about the defense and the yeah. physicality. Um, that's all been wiped away. Uh, you know, the league is more spaced out, a lot of threes. Uh, no real step back threes, no skills, no more real enforcers anymore. Yeah, <laughs> that the, those days are over. Those days are over. It's a more finesse league. Uh, you know that that opened the door for teams later, like the Phoenix Suns, the yeah. Nash and Amari, and you know those teams. Um, just because league changed after that. Yeah, a lot, a lot was uh, wide open. It, you got to understand, like Ron Artest, like I said earlier. He was our version of like what Dennis Rodman was to the eighties. Yeah, physical guy, somewhat dirty, um, lock down your best perimeter player, give you twenty a game, you know, what more can you ask for a guy like that? He was uh, like a three and D on steroids basically. Yeah, that's what Ron Artest was. Three and D really an all around player. Uh, he was. No but uh people don't realize how great uh Jermaine O'Neal was. He was, uh, you know, they were always talking about KG and Tim Duncan and, um, you know, like the great bigs, like obviously Shaq, C-Webb, but they yeah. never they never put Jermaine in that conversation, but Jermaine was up there with those guys. He used to give those guys problems. And it was sad because they were on a trajectory to possibly win a ring. I mean, they were talented. They had Jermaine, uh, like I said, Steven Jackson, Reggie Miller, Ron Artest. If they had stayed together, I feel like they would have won at least one championship together. Yeah, at least one. I think 03, like I said, 03 was the year for me. Some people say 04. I think 03 was the year for me that they could have won it all. Yeah, I mean, they were really talented. They played defense. They were good offensively. They could score. Uh, and you just look at what the ramifications after that. Ron Artest, after the suspension, didn't play with the Pacers. He got traded to San, uh, Sacramento Kings. Yeah, he he left on purpose. Well, he left not on purpose, but I didn't like the fact that he didn't tell his teammates. Yeah, and you know a lot of his teammates felt it was a cowardly move mm -hmm. uh, for him to just you know because at the end of the day, their his teammates went in the stands having his back. And, yeah, you know, for him to not really um, give like a formal apology. Or, you know, come back and try to rectify the situation, just leaving, uh, you know, it wasn't right. And it caused Reggie his last chance at a championship. Um, you know, it was sad to see him just be one of the greats that, you know, never won at all. Where, where I knew Ron needed help was when he went to the locker room and went up to J.O. and said, do you think we're going to get in trouble for this? Yeah. That's when I knew he had problems. That was ridiculous. Like, you know, and Jermaine charged him. <laughs> Which, I mean, I don't blame them. I'd be frustrated at that point because, you know, they all lost a lot of money behind that. Yeah. Their reputation was affected by that. They didn't talk for years. Yeah, I mean, even uh, – it's crazy to hear Ron say he actually uh, made up with the fan uh, that yeah. he had the incident with. Where It's just crazy to think that all the money him and – his teammates lost the hit to the reputation, and he was able to, I guess, be the bigger person. Yeah, they um, weren't friends for a long time. Even Jermaine just recently, um, he became good friends again with Ron, um, and, he, you know, he forgave him. Yeah, that was big because, you know, Jermaine, I mean, it's unfortunate because he was one of the, the last guys that stayed behind. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you look around and no one else was there, and, you know, it's just unfortunate. The Indiana Pacers just still really haven't 
recovered from that. I mean, you know, they had a few years where they had Paul George and um, Danny Granger. Danny Granger, uh, you know, and they they made a little bit of noise. But Jo was played with Danny Granger for a little bit, but he wasn't ready yet. Yeah, and you know, they didn't get back to that championship contender. That they yeah, were they never won. been back to that. Jermaine got uh, plagued with a lot of injuries also. And then he just kind of became a journeyman. He went to Toronto for that, like, I think one or two years yeah, with Bosch. The Celtics. Played for the Celtics. Miami a couple years. Yeah. and He, he just helped them out a little bit. Yeah, it was just unfortunate. He, you know, his prime, unfortunately, wasn't um, too long in the league. He just got riddled with injuries and, you know, the incident with the Mouse in the Palace. And it was just sad to see that. I remember his commercials with the Nike Shocks <laughs> and his commercial. I remember him on the cover of like we had this magazine in high school called School Sports and they would just put him on the cover of it because that was the time 2004 that Pacers were just on a tear. Yeah, I, mean, I love those jerseys too. The pinstripe joints. You go after that uh, run, you know, you got traded to Sacramento, like you mentioned. Um, statistically, had some good years, but yeah. the team wasn't good. No, not at all. They never went to the playoffs. Um, went to the Rockets, played with Yao, and played with Tracy McGrady, which I thought uh, they had Rick Adelman as their coach. Yeah. Which I thought that was a championship team. Um, they were a big They had three. Brooks at the point guard. Remember Brooks? Aaron, Aaron Brooks? Brooks he, was, you know, he was a bucket. <laughs> yeah, he was a bucket. Just, but um, you know, injuries to Yao and to Tracy McGrady, they didn't make it to the finals or win a championship. They did push the Lakers to seven games. The Lakers were eventually won a championship with Kobe and Powell that year. Yeah, had a tough series. Uh, it was a little chippy, also. You know, um, Luis Scola. Yeah. And Lamar Odom and Derek Fisher got yeah. into it. They they were Luis Scola was amazing. He was one of the greatest. European players ever. Yeah, he's in that. He's in that category. He recently, just played in the Olympics too. I think this is last year. Yeah, and I believe Reggie Miller retired um, shortly, like later that year as well. Yeah, um, Reggie. Reggie could have went to the Celtics. He could have. But he he just retired from there. Um, he 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 knew it was over. He he says till this day he could have played and just been a shooter coming off the bench or something. Yeah, it's tough for a guy who, you know, was a star being the number one option on the team to go be relegated to just a bench player. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate. He, he has a few opportunities to win it all, but it just didn't work out. Um, still one of the greatest players ever, uh, top 50 player ever. Um, you know, obviously his legacy would have changed had he won the ring. Mm-hmm. Had a chance to leave earlier in his career. I remember he had a chance to go to the Knicks to play with Ewing. Yeah, but it wasn't in his DNA. It wasn't uh, back then. Guys wouldn't just, you know, leave. Like if you got drafted to a team, That's where you, you wanted to win a ring with that team. Um, there was no clicking up back then. Uh, you know, guys took really pride in just being able to be the leaders of their team and lead their way, lead their team, put a team on their back to win a ring. Let's talk about like how things are now. When you look at the league, if you were to do what that guy did at the malice in the palace what do you think would happen to you now oh you're banned for life from your exactly stadium. you know you're never getting back uh i don't think the suspensions would have been as heavy i don't think i silver don't either i don't think silver would have did that 
the reputation of the league is in a better place also. Um, yeah. You know, you have to admit back then, you know, with the guy with the AIs and, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of street element within the game. Um, so it's cleaned up more. It's not, you know, those – it's not a rugged league like it was. You know, you no. don't have any Charles Oakleys and Anthony Masons. No, it's very <laughs> – it's, it's simmered down a lot. It's very finesse, very soft. Uh, I mean, guys are flopping now. And stuff, so it's not the same. Either. They're calling those now, by the way, guys. They're <laughs> going to call the flops, those James Harden flops, they're going to call those now. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see Trey Young and Reg- uh, sorry, James Harden. Yeah, they're going to get called for those, and they're going to eventually get fined. Yeah, it's going to be, I mean, they're going to have to adjust. They're gonna yeah. Have to adapt because, uh, you know, just being able to pump fake and jump into your defender to get a foul is just ridiculous. That's yeah. not a foul. That's not even skill. That it's not a skill. It's not a foul. <laughs> it's just a loophole in the game that needs to be fixed. They they claim that they're gonna fix it, so we'll see when the new season starts. Looking forward to it. We'll we'll, we'll see. Uh, hopefully, it changes. That that's just a lasting effect of the Dallas and the Palace, if you think about it. And if you think about it too, like the rough play in the the '80s with the Bad Boys Pistons, the rough play in the '90s with the Knicks and the Miami Heat. It yeah. took the Mouse and the Palace to change <laughs> the everything. Style exactly, it's crazy how when you when you like look at the eras and it's just like wow. Now the tough guys on teams are usually just three and D guys, I guess. The guys yeah. who guard the best players, basically, and you know, like I said, no one's gonna fight. No. Yeah, nobody's <laughs> gonna fight. Everybody's friends. Um, no one's the league's different. It's just different. It's, it's, some would argue for the better, I guess, from an excitement standpoint, just uh, seeing games, you know, in the 120s as opposed to seeing games in the 60s and 70s is, is more pleasing to the eyes aesthetically. Um, but from the competitive standpoint, it's kind of, it's not what, you, you know, you like to see, uh, you know, guys clicking up and uh, just not really being able to even defend I do like the fact that big men have to be skilled nowadays. I think that's a good thing. It's more of a skilled league. Uh, I felt back then it was really like the center and the two guard that were the most skilled on teams, whereas now it's all five guys on the court. All five (laughs) guys have to be skilled, and if you have a center, he can't just be standing out there camping in the lane. No, you got to have more than a post game. You got to be able to shoot the mid range, shoot the three. Well, really, mid range isn't stretched these days. So it's really the three. It's really the three, but um, if you're a big man that could shoot the mid range, that's good. Yeah, I mean, if you can be a three level scorer, that's even better. Yeah. You know, uh, but it's changed a lot. You have to be more skillful. Uh, Two way players, especially uh, one way players, or, uh, you know, back then you had guys who were just enforcers who weren't. Yeah. Even, that skill, whereas now it's like if you're one-dimensional, whether it's offense or defense, it's hard for you to get on the court. Yeah, it's really hard. Um, you like look at the guys that are like skilled now. Um, you see that they don't. You you just see that the game has evolved and changed with the guys now, and the malice and the palace changed that. It would be interesting if that team played in today's era, like you mentioned. I mean. You know, how do you guard Jermaine? Jermaine could play in this era. With his skill set, he could play. But could 
that Foster guy, the center, no, he can't play. I don't think Jamal Tinsley is a starter. Jamal Tinsley's not a starter in, in, today's, not in today's game. He's definitely a role player. I think Reggie, Steven, Ron, and Jermaine could They'd play. be okay. Um, Ron would get a lot of calls called on him now. Yeah, too physical for today's game. For too sure. physical. He would probably get fined. He'd probably lead the league in fines. I wonder how his perimeter defense would be just because today it's more spaced out and you're as a defender you're really on an island one on one a lot of times with a lot of teams having five shooters on the court. Yeah. So would he be as effective um guarding a Trey Young on the perimeter or uh Kevin Durant? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's, tough. that's that's very debatable though. You know, I mean with a KD, I mean there's no guarding KD. I mean he's seven foot. When he rises up he's open. Yeah, <laughs> it's over. He's open and it's over. You know, it's, it's, it's going he doesn't anywhere. see you after he jumps up a little bit. You know, the physicality, which was, um, you know, was helped him defensively, would be removed in today's game. Um, you know, I think Jermaine locking down the paint, he'd still be able to do that, block shots. Yeah, he would be able to do that. He'd be able to do those post-up moves, those spin moves to the basket. Yeah. He'd still do that. Steven Jackson would be a probably a premier 3 and D guy yeah. uh, within the league. Uh, it's a hot commodity right now. I think yeah. they can play. I think if you could play, play the three and D, yeah, it's a hot commodity. They they'd always you'd always have a job. Yeah, if you can defend and shoot, <laughs> you'll always have a Go job. Go play with LeBron, you'll get a, a contract. But if you leave him, that's on you. <laughs> we see the people that left Braun, Tristan Thompson. Well, not, not a lot of people can play with him, too, because the, the level of expectation that comes with him. Yeah, it's yeah. like great, straight yeah. greatness. Um, Lollygagging, you got to win. <laughs> we talk, they talk a lot about LeBron, but when he's gone, they're going to appreciate him. Yeah, I mean, you know, it'll be interesting to see who takes over after that. Um, yeah, it's up for grabs after that. You know, whether it be Giannis, whether it be, uh, you know, Luka. Yeah, I, I don't want to put KD there because I don't think KD's going to play that long. Um, He's in a different generation. He's in LeBron's generation. Yeah. Um, he's not a young guy anymore, not a young yeah. Uh, He had his opportunity. Uh, his opportunity to take that you know, mantle is now. Yeah. And if he doesn't take it within the next few years, he's never going to have it. He's never going to have it, exactly. He would have to win with Brooklyn couple more t- couple times i think twice it's just you know it's, it's the era that you play in you know, yeah barkley could have been the best in the league if he didn't play in the same time as jordan exactly um, you know so i I, don't, I think a guy like Giannis who will be in the league longer um just because you know obviously he's younger than lebron and he yeah he's only well, 25 yeah, they'll be well out the league when he's still playing so exactly he still has an opportunity to take that mantle and just be the, the, the top guy luka Doncic. um Trey Young will be good. I don't see him getting. I don't see. I don't see him getting better than what he is though. Luca. Trey. Trey Young. Uh, Luca could still get better. I don't see Trey getting better. I see him staying where he's at, which is great. Uh, he's a star right now. All star. Um, maybe close to superstar. We gotta see how he. Yeah, we gotta see. Um, I mean, but he took the the Hawks far this year. Yeah, he did. He did a great job. Uh, Nate McMillan too. You know, he went to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think, you know, he's he's a great player. Time will tell. He's still, what was it, his third year in the league this past season? Oh, yeah. Third uh, so third I'm, year. I don't, I'm not ready to put a ceiling on him yet. You know, time will tell. 
you know, time will definitely tell. Um, but overall, getting back to the documentary, it was great. Uh, you know, just to hear insight from Ron Artest and on all those guys on what happened. Um, getting that insight on Ben Wallace, uh, his brother actually passed away. Uh, you know, prior to the mouse in the palace, which you know you can kind of see why he would have that level of emotion. Yeah, because it's not like Ben. I did. I never used to see Ben get into crazy scuffles. No, like not that. at all. I mean, he's a great. You know, offensively he was limited, but defensively, great guy. Great guy. Great rebounder. Uh, defend your best big. Very marketable too. Remember the whole yep. team had the afro and the headband. The pros with the headband. Um. You know, a lot of people, a lot of kids loved him back in the day. And that team represented Detroit well. You know, Detroit is known for like, you know, hard hat, yeah, grind city, grind city. You know, they love defense. Uh, that team was, uh, you know, basically like the bad boys 2.0. Um, you know, Detroit they love their defense, so they represented Detroit well, and you know they won a championship. Uh, I, I everyone don't know. was tough on that team. One through yeah, even Tayshawn Prince. <laughs> <laughs> he was a great perimeter. He was a great perimeter. Kobe Paul Yeah, people don't give him a lot of props. His, he was one of those um, players. I felt like he was in today's game. He would have been really great too, just with his length. Yeah, and size. He was like a long, long three. When you seen him, you'd think, "Oh, he ain't shit." But when he plays. Yeah, I mean, because he's like what teams are looking for now, that long wing. That long wing, yep, that could shoot a little bit. Yeah, you know, he would have been a great 3 and D guy too in today's game as well. Yeah. Um, You know, in Detroit, they went on after the Mouse in the Palace. They, you know, they lost in the finals against the Spurs. Yeah. Uh, The Spurs were top tier. Top notch. (laughs) uh, Head to toe. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, a few years later, they were disbanded by LeBron, <laughs> young LeBron, yeah. who he rocked them up. <laughs> like, yeah, he 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 outplayed everybody. They, they didn't double-team him. Which I think Coach crazy. got fired that year. Which I didn't understand why he wouldn't double, because who, who else was there? Who was he going to pass it to? He was pass- He was making, like, his other teammates look good. But there again, easy I'm taking my chance in Booby Gibson beating me than LeBron. Exactly. I'd rather stop LeBron than than have Booby. If Booby's hitting open shots, that's okay. And you saw in the finals what the Spurs did. They they're like, we'll let LeBron shoot, um, but we're not letting him go to the rack. And they want they swept the Cavs. Exactly. Which you know I think strategically. The Detroit could have went to back to the finals had they. Yeah. Had they had they. Had they played the right way and double teamed LeBron because Le- it was LeBron and he was sh- making a lot of noise, I and think they could have went to the finals again. It led led to a new generation in the Eastern Conference, fi- uh, you know, Eastern Conference and the West. Um, you know, after that had happened, the Celtics got a big three. You know, they knew they couldn't stop LeBron from <laughs> going to the finals, and that's when they clicked up and you know they got. Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen. Oh, yeah. And they got uh, Paul Pierce, who was already there. The league just completely changed. You know, when, you know the Magics, uh, you know, yeah. Dwight Howard with Hedo and Rashad Lewis. Oh, yeah. I remember uh, that team. You know, that, that team. Yeah. That was the year that everybody wanted LeBron to face Kobe. Yep. That, that was the finals we missed. That was the finals uh, we missed. Yeah, MVP Rose, that young Chicago team. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the Eastern Conference changed up a lot. 
after that. Out west, you had the Spurs that were still, mm-hmm. you know, uh, um, they, they were still competing for championships. They're it's, a dynasty. It's sad. The Pacers never – they'd go to the playoffs. They had Paul George. He had that one or two good years, but they just could never get off of the hump. Yeah, the Pacers, they rebuilt it after that incident. Uh, they got Danny Granger, who – was they, a gem in the draft. Yeah. <laughs> Who they thought was going to be a superstar, but uh, wasn't a superstar talent. No. All-star, definitely. All-star caliber player. Uh, Paul George was the same all-star caliber player. Um, they had their battles with the big three in Miami with uh, LeBron, Wade, and Bosh. Um, pushed them, to, I believe, six games in the Eastern Conference Finals. And uh, they beat in the Knicks that year uh, in the second round. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, they you know, didn't really make it back, and they ended up rebuilding again, the Pacers, and now they have a team of, you know, like Miles Turner. Uh, you know, they got uh, Karis uh, LeVert. Yeah. And they got a bright future. They have a bright future. Who knows where they're going. Sabonis is nice. He was an Sabonis. all-star a couple times. I think twice or once. Yeah, and they, you know they got a nice little squad, um, but time will tell if they'll be able to get back to that, you know, their form, their championship form. Um, you know what I'd like to see is I don't know if Reggie has a position with the Pacers, but if he doesn't, he needs one. Yeah, he needs one uh, as soon as possible. I don't know where his mindset is. I know he's still on ESPN doing like. Uh, sometimes I'll see him on what's it, um, NBA TV. Yeah, uh, those specials where they kind of just. You know, talking about how things were back in the days and th- yeah. <laughs> things like that. Uh, I, he does call games as well. Yeah, he um, does. I, I hear his voice. Um, with ABC. Yeah, Rob Albert, ABC. Um, you know, it's kind of tough for me being a you know, diehard Knicks fan, you know, with Reggie Miller being the villain. Uh, <laughs> but nothing but respect for him. Yeah, nothing him, but you know, respect. Great top 50 player. Nothing um, but respect for Reggie. You know, um, nothing but respect to Reggie and, you know, overall the documentary, like I said, was great. Um, it was kind of short, but, it was uh, very short, <laughs> but it was great to just get some insight, like you said, on what happened, you know, back then and it was just overall tough, tough to see. I remember just watching it back in the day and just being shocked that that happened and, you know, just kind of dampered the season a little bit. I thought it was fake. I was like, what the <laughs> heck is going, is this real? I remember just watching that game and just being, like, shocked. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it as well. Um, you know, we hope to never see anything like that in the league again. Yeah. Most likely won't. <laughs> say it's changed. Yeah, it's you different. Know, for the better, I would say. You know, you don't want guys going jumping in the stand and fighting. Uh, Who knows how the league's going to be in another five years. <laughs> we shall see. But, like I said, great documentary great episode appreciate you guys tuning in let us know what you think uh we'd like to hear your comments leave comments give us some feedback and, you know on the next let us know what you guys want to hear also on the episodes from us we appreciate it and on that note peace